Bells and the Hippie, episode two. Welcome back to our discussion of politics and America. And of course, as always, we got a little sidetracked. Here's a little taste of what's coming up. Check this out. Go ahead, Hells. Tell me I can't have it both ways. That's one of your trademarks. Tell me. Well, you really can have it both ways, River. It's like they, that's, I think that's one of the problems. And it, to be honest, it borderlines on a level of hypocrisy that, that to me is unacceptable. Most people are intimidated when you say that to them, aren't they? I, I think that's their problem. <laughs> honestly, I think that's their problem, not mine. And then we talked about this. I mean, I, I do see that, but you're talking about the individual. I mean, I think the question is, is it even possible for us to forget the Supreme Court and forget the federal government? Is it even possible for the individual to have a voice, like a true voice, in the system the way it is? I think that's maybe what I'm kind of, uh, we're going to blame Dave and Busters. But Dave, we will blame Dave and Busters <laughs> for sure. And as a bonus, Hells offers some parenting advice. You have to and do stop this stuff. looking around, blaming everybody else for you being a shit parent. Just raise the damn kid. But most importantly, we continue our discussion on politics in America and some ideas about how this great country that we both love could be a little bit better. Hells and the hippie. Episode two, welcome back. All right, so uh, I brought it up at the end of the last episode. I said I think the focus should be on aggressive capitalism, not necessarily elected politics. And uh, you said that was cute. So you disagree. Yeah. You disagree, obviously. Let's talk about it. Yeah. You know, I, look, I disagree from the standpoint that the only voice that the American people really have are through the politicians and through the people we elect. We, The American people don't have a vote on a board for a corporation. We, we don't have the ability to choose, you know, what Kraft Heinz is going to do or what Procter & Gamble is going to do. It's like we we really don't. So and and maybe, you know, maybe it's not so much that the politicians are and I don't know what what word I used last time, but maybe it's more of just the system that they're forced to play in. I'm with you. Like so politicians, we only vote. You're kind of critical of people for voting for, I think you said the same people over and over, you know, the same morons who go and do a bad job, which, you know, but we can only vote for those who have been anointed by aggressive capitalism is, is what I think. It's like, like, like how could we get a good candidate on a ballot somewhere for a major ticket or even a minor one who doesn't have, you know, the, uh, the money to run. That's what I'm getting at. And, and I can't, I can't disagree with that. Um, it's look, it's like it's one of those things that what you're saying is like it opens up this entire universe of thought to where it's like, yes, it's like, you know, we're, we're given certain candidates to vote for. And the system is not all that advantageous for people outside of the shell, outside of the system yeah. to run and be successful. And then once you're within the system, then you have to maintain a certain you know, status quo in order to stay. Yeah, it's yeah. like it, once once you're elected in, your job, for the most part, should be to govern. When in reality, the the mission at that point is just to get reelected. Yes, right. So, so how do we change it? That's that's like the thing that uh, I get hung up on sometimes. And there's there's times when I just don't vote because I get just kind of. Uh, I'm sure that probably is makes you angry. You know, most people who I know <laughs> definitely say you should always vote no matter what. 
because it's your one chance to do it, you know. And sometimes I, I got to admit, I just I don't vote because I just feel as if both sides of the people running are kind of not people I'd like to vote for. So may, maybe that's wrong of me. I don't know. Do, do you vote always or do you sometimes abstain? Uh, I can't remember the last time I didn't vote. Yeah, right. And you're probably right. I'm probably wrong on that. I just I know we should probably just find the lesser of whatever evils we think to be evil and and go with that person. Um, but I don't know. I sometimes get really frustrated with it and uh, kind of just withdraw, which I admit is not a way to change the system. I understand that. Once someone's elected, is it their job to govern according to their principles or do you think they are beholden to the people who elected them? It gets kind of convoluted yeah, in that because, yeah, because yeah, you can yeah. you can easily make the argument to where... If you elect so-and-so, you're electing their moral compass and their ideology. Yeah, yeah. And so anything that they do, you can make the argument that that is the will of the people. You can make that argument. Yeah. Or you can flip it. And, and so we, but the problem with that is people tend to evolve. People tend to change. People tend to be influenced. Mm -hmm. And circumstances that are present at one moment when you elect somebody may not be there the next. I think that gets back to um, the overall concept of term limits being something that, mm. that I think is ver very, very important. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think term limits are extremely important because you, know, you have career politicians and it's like the idea of being a public servant for your entire career I think is mm. very noble. Mm -hmm. But I think you can do that without being an elected official. Yeah, I I think that that's different if you really want to serve the people. And I don't think, you know, and, and the, the only thing that I can look at, River, is are the results. And I'm not thrilled with the results. And if you're not thrilled with the results, then you have to look at, OK, so what's the process? What are we doing to get these results over and over and over again? And even going back to what I was talking about as far as, you know, we, we are reactionary. We are not proactive mm -hmm. in our in our governance. We're not. It's like we, we have literally let our infrastructure in this country crumble for the last 40 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what is that a product of? Is it the P it's like you can say it's a, is it the people that we're electing or is it the system that we're electing them into? I, I don't know. I, I, but I do know that something needs to be different. Agreed. I, I think it's, there's a lot to that latter part of it because people are elected often. I really believe with the best of intentions and they have plans to do this and do that. Right. Uh, remember when Obama was elected the first time he ran on the idea of change and I think it's very possible that he and other politicians get in there and like you said, they get absorbed in the system and then they just kind of realize, okay, well, this isn't going to happen. So, and that's an argument for having not many term limits for Congress people and senators because the idea is you have to get into that system and you have to make connections and you have to know how things work and you have to know all the silly little people, all the aides who, who wield the real power, you know, you have to know which aides are the ones that are the most important. And it might take several terms, you know, to really be able to get inside that system and change it from the inside. And I understand that, but it just turns me off. It makes me want to just uh, disengage totally, frankly. Yeah. Well, it's like disengaging for me is not necessarily an option. Yeah, that's true. It's, that's true. It, it's it, for, for me, it, yeah. it's not. Um, I true. still make... 
I still make phone calls uh, to my uh, congressmen and, yeah. and senators. I, I still do that. I still, you know, make the calls. I still do those types of things that, that if nothing else in the moment makes me feel like, okay, at least I'm trying to do something. And knowing how the system works, they're not going to do anything until their polling changes. Mm. They're not, mm. they're not going to do anything to, to, you know, change the course of, of their, of their term or anything along those lines until the polls change. The, the court of public opinion is everything when it comes down to it. That's when you start seeing pivots and ideology mm. is, is when, when the voice of the people gets loud enough to where they're like, Oh, if this gets any worse, I have to worry about this district or that district. And then I have to, to change my tone in some capacity in order to win these boats back. But these votes over here really, really don't matter. So I'm going to make sure that that my policy and my talking points are directly to these people. Yeah. And while that turns me off and the fact that they may be all primarily concerned with reelection, you know, part of me rebels to that. But I see your point, too. You're saying, well, then you have to kind of as a voter, as a constituent, you have to manipulate that, so to speak, right? You want to have your voice heard. So they're having this this weird health person calling, you know, once a week about this issue about animals or whatever the case is. And you're saying get on their radar so they at least think maybe the polls are changing. I, I can see that. That makes sense to me. It's basic marketing if you really think about it. It's yeah, like how many sure. times do you have to deliver a message before it begins to resonate? That's the question. If you, go, if you, yeah. you know, yeah. it, advertising and marketing is like how many touches, how many exposures do you have to have on a certain topic or subject or whatever it is before it starts resonating to where it, they have a click or an aha moment? These are the types of things that, that as citizens, you know, we kind of have to do a little bit. What we can't yeah, do yeah. is get stuck in this, you know, and I won't say what was me, but or, or I'm, it's helpless, I'm hopeless and all this kind of stuff. Mm. We can't get get because that's what they they count on. They count on the volume being turned up on them once every two and a half years. That's one thing that has become clear. I am more of a political cynic than you are. I mean, you clearly are more engaged in the system. What I tend to do, I like to focus like on those small elections, like school board things and those really small elections that most people don't vote in. I get this feeling that like those affect our lives hyper locally way more than like a presidential or a gubernatorial election does. So I tend to be pretty... I'm always voting for those council people and those things. But like I tend to like have my community and I kind of, uh, you know, I'm not off the grid or anything, but I kind of am. And uh, we kind of do our little hyper local thing. But I do understand your point of view where that seems a little bit like you're disengaging from the broader system, which isn't going to let your voice be heard at all. And even if things are good for us in our little local hyper community, uh, which you definitely classify as hippies, even <laughs> if that's great for us, what does that do for my fellow man across the country? It does nothing. So I understand. I get it. I get that. No, and look, and to be fair, I understand what you're saying because it's like, I think if like a very basic analogy, if everybody just took care of their yard, if everybody just took care of their yard, <laughs> yeah, then yeah. we would have a wonderful looking city and like town and country. Yeah. You know, it kind of yeah. it resonates, it, it pushes out. So everybody just take care of your yard, take care of your little universe, and then everything will take care of itself. 
unfortunately, to me, the, you can have an incredible city council, but if you don't have a voice within your state, that mm. doesn't matter. Mm. If you know, and if you don't have a voice within your state, then how can you have a voice within the federal government? And then all of these things ultimately feed all the way back to where, okay, so if you don't have a voice in that, now you don't have a voice in the Supreme Court. I mean, I, I do see that, but you're talking about the individual. I and mean, I think the question is, is it even possible for us to forget the Supreme Court and forget the federal government? Is it even possible for the individual to have a voice, like a true voice in the system the way it is? I think that's maybe what I'm kind of, uh, I don't want to say conflicted, but maybe what I don't believe. Like, here's a question for you. So you, you, you call your Congress people and you do that. And you said you have to do those things until you get through. And you, you, and then you also said that you like to see results from things basically. So that's my question. Have you seen results from your personal efforts of calling these Congress people or are they just, are they even calling you back? Are they blowing smoke? Or do you think that's having any kind of a measurable effect? Um, is it having a measurable, measurable effect? It's like, I doubt it. I, I, part of me doing it is, is for my own peace of mind. Mm. Oh, I'm all for that. I know. So it's a, it's a part of me is doing that. The other part of me is, is saying it's like, if I, if I, I, the other part of me is I can't be the only one who feels this way. No. So if I make the call and randomly somebody that I don't know and whatever universe makes the similar call or sends a similar email or something along those lines, then it's like, Okay, there there is there is a changing of tone. And as long as the individual is not tone deaf, they start contemplating those talking points. They start contemplating those, you know, whatever those those hot point buttons are. Mm. So but but that's the only way that that you get any type of a real change. Well, I take that back. That's one of the ways to get changed. The other way to get changed, and you were kind of walking there a little bit, is like, do you really think that, that you know, your boy scouts or anything like that? Mm. It's like, mm. uh, it's like kind of sort of maybe. Um, at the same time, I don't necessarily believe that all individuals are meant to be equal within the system. So, oh, that's interesting. So wait, so you don't think all individuals are meant to be equal within the system? What do you mean? What do you mean by that? I think there's there's this romantic idea that we are all created equal. Now, as individuals, are we all created equal in theory? Yes, we all have a heart. We all have livers and organs and yeah, and human and, human rights. You know, that's right. We you are. know, it, it, um, all that kind of good stuff. Um, but do we all have the same voice? Do we all have the same amount of influence? No, that's no way. That's 100% right? So, no. That's right. So, so, so that's where it becomes, it's like, so me, I can have this, these thoughts, this, this ideology that I believe they could be amazing for the country or amazing for the world or whatever it may be. And then, you know, somebody who just has more chips than I do and more mm-hmm. influence mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, they're, they have the ability to sway more. If nothing else, by the power of money, they can go ahead and do that. They, they can they can absolutely drown my voice out with cash. That's my point originally. That's the problem. 
aggressive capitalism and its effect on the political structure is the problem. I don't think Americans are morons for voting for the same people. I think the system has only presented the same people over and over for decades. That's what I think is wrong. Billionaire version of River is going to have more of political influence than thousandaire version of River. Um, it doesn't matter which one is right or which one is ethical. It just matters which one has more money. I think that's a problem. Okay, so it's a problem. I'll take, now what? I'll, I'll take that. See, now, you're going to take that. You're going to take that, but you're not going to like it. Now what, River? No, I took the. I like it with the now what right after it because it, criticizing systems is very easy. And mm -hmm. coming up with workable, viable possibilities is very difficult. I can't answer that right now on the spot, right? Because I'm not a Thomas Jefferson level genius, right? But I recognize we need to move toward that. So that's the place to move forward. That's it. I don't know what. Do we try to change capitalism as it is? I don't necessarily think that's possible, <laughs> even if it was a good, good thing. But... Is it more regulation? Could we try to pressure our politicians and the powers that be to um, put limits on certain contribution limits and stuff like that? I don't know. I mean, I could you know, spout off some BS. I'm real good at that. But I just, I just say we need to work towards something different that isn't so heavily influenced by capital. That's all I'm saying. I don't know the answer beyond that. I think that's a good place to focus our creativity and our intellect is solving that problem. Yeah. It's like, I, I think it's a, it's not as profound as what you're making it. I think term limits answer a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could be, could be. Because it's like you, you have the, the biggest election that we have in this country is a presidential election that takes place every four years. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. But we have congressmen and senators that had the ability to cancel the president, completely cancel them out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That that have no term limits. Right, right. So you can have a grouping of individuals, whether it be a party or a subsect of a party, that are like, we are going to be the party of no, no matter who is elected. That That is directly violating the will of the American people because these congressmen and senators, they're not elected by all of the American people. They're elected by a certain geography of American people. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and I think right. it also, and so that starts getting back in, into, you know, an argument that I've had for a very long time. It's like, we are not a true democracy. Well, that's true. We are, yeah. we are not, we are not a country that, you know, that one man, one vote is a real thing. No, no, we never have been. I mean, it's always been representational. Yeah, that's, that's, there's no doubt about that. Anybody? So I think it, I think when you start talking about the will of the people, yeah, you know, are they acting in the will of the people? The system is not set up for, the system was never set up to act for the will of the people. Hmm. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Because well, if, if because and, and like and, and I'll explain it very very simply. It's like I live in California, and before that I lived in Texas. Okay, so I've lived in two very large states yeah. that have a lot of electoral electoral votes, right? Yep. But when it comes to senatorial representation hmm. in the Senate, yeah, two people, <laughs> two people, two people, this, yeah. the same two people that would be for Rhode Island. Hmm. 
the same two people that would be in North and South Dakota. Yep. That's right. And and we're, we're talking about the population in like, let's say a Houston or a Los Angeles is more than those States combined. Yeah. So when you have, and, and then you go back to the Senate and how policy and governance is actually done, you have to have a majority and sometimes a super majority yeah, yeah. to where now you, in some situations, in some cases, you have the minority ruling over the majority, which yep. is yep. a direct slap in the face of, of to, to me, what a democracy is. Mm. And it's so, yeah. so when yeah. we stand, yeah. when we stand up and talk about, you know, a democracy and, and freedom and all that, we've created a system that is, well, and granted, it is the best system that exists. It is not a system that that allows for the American voice to be heard. Agreed. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, the the two senator thing per state, and I understand. You know, people say it's countered by the House, et cetera, et cetera. But there's no question which you know which chamber is more powerful, right? There just there's mm-hmm. no question which you know the House or the Senate. There's no question which one wields the most pure just power, and it's the Senate. And you're exactly right. Two people to represent Texas or California or frankly, even Rhode Island. I mean, it's just uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. And maybe we could start with what do you think? 12 year term limits, you know, two senatorial terms. And like, then you got to do something else. <laughs> I, I'm with you, like 40 years in the Senate, you know, 45 years and whatever. Yeah, it's, it's just I'm, I'm with you. I don't like it. No, I don't like it. And, and it's like it, th- things change. Ideologies change. Yeah. And it's like some of these people and it's like we, we saw it with the uh, when they had Zuckerberg up there, you know, at, at the I don't know it was it was the, the House or oh, it was yeah. the Senate the, where, where the that was. And it's like, yeah, it's like half of these cats, they have no idea how to even <laughs> boot their computers in the morning. He was having they to explain to them like just basics of things. I remember that. Yeah. And, and so, so, so that to me is yeah. embarrassing. It's like, yeah, yeah, I, it's, it's like, so, so I'm a huge sports fan, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, if I heard my, a general manager of my sports franchise, you know, confusing yeah. a kicker, a, a kicker with a cornerback, I would yeah. be like, okay, um, we need somebody else like right now. <laughs> like this person needs to be fired today. Yeah, It should not even be a question. It's that unthinkable. This person should be yeah. fired. It's unthinkable that would happen in the first place because the system that's set up among those sports franchises that would never happen. The system precludes it, but not so with you know the Senate Intelligence Committee or this or that committee. You know things. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. So so, so it it goes back to it. it's like you, we talk about fixing the problem. It's like how about we just get back to the basics and do one man one vote. How about we do away with the electoral college? Oh, yeah. How, yeah, how, how, yeah, how about, yeah. you know, how about we actually let the will of the people be what governs the country? This might be the next place we go because that's a can of worms. Like that's one of the things the founding fathers expressly did not want to happen. They argued about that. And a lot mm-hmm. of them, the majority of them said that would be disastrous. So the question for that is one one person one vote would definitely bring up this idea and it's it's tricky and it's people might get offended but it's a it's a legitimate question. Do you trust 
the people to have that much power? That's the question. And um, would we really, I'm not asking you right now, like answer for the record, but I'm just saying I'd have to think about it for a second. I think I would be okay with it, but I would need to know a lot more stuff. I, I'm, well, I don't need to know anything else. I, 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 I trust the will of the people. Well, Just put okay. it like this. It's not that I trust. It's that I'm willing to live and die by the American people. Even if the American people are racist or violent or et cetera, et cetera? Well, the, the, the polling in, in the data shows that they're not. That, that would be the minority of the country that is that way. I really hope that's true. The polling and the data that's out there suggests the exact opposite of, of what, what we should be afraid of. The problem is, is when you have the minority who actually feels that way and has that power to knock down the majority. Yeah, sure, sure. I hear you. So, hear so, you. so that's the real fear. The real fear for me is being governed by the minority. And we've seen that happen quite a bit over the last several years in this country. We've seen the minority being able to govern over the majority. You know, here in the Southeast, we've, we've, there's several examples of that. There, there's a thing down here you may or may not have heard where like a lot of Civil War statues are being taken down, right? Remember all that? And a lot mm-hmm. of uh, like statues of Nathan Bedford Forrest, you know, have been taken down because he started the Klan, you know, and et cetera. And there's an extremely loud voice down here that says, you know, that's history. We should not take those things down because it makes a certain segment of current Southern Americans uncomfortable, et cetera, et cetera. And they've done polls and most people either seem to not care about the statues or they say, yeah, we should take down Nathan Bedford Forrest statue. Most people seem to agree with that. But the powerful minority who, you know, is, is for this are also the people who are against, you know, CRT being taught in school down here. And, you know, the don't say gay bill in Florida, those things. Um, that's an extremely powerful force down here. And it also appears to be a minority. So maybe maybe you're right. Maybe you are correct. Well, OK, so soon. And, and this is this is where context is important. Yeah. Don't say gay. It's like I I don't know of any. There's nobody that I have in, in my circle that I run with in any capacity. And I'm, you know, my people are kind of spread out a little bit all over the place that, that thinks it's okay. I, I, let, let me, let me take it all the way back. We did not have health education. Okay. Hmm. Until middle school. Yes. When I was growing up. Okay. So health education was, you know, that's when you learned about sex. That was middle school. This bill, while look, I can't stand DeSantis. I just, I just really do not like him. I do not like Florida politics at all. But I can say that that this bill that's been put out there, or, or that is now law, it's like you know what? That's kind of okay to not talk about that to third graders. Hmm. I'm kind of comfortable with them not talking about this subject matter in any capacity. Right. to third right. graders. Right. right. When when in my world that I grew up in, it was sixth grade. Not even seventh grade. I, I don't even remember. But it, it, yeah, was, it was not it was not, you know, elementary and kindergarten to where we were even contemplating any of this in any right. capacity. Right. And 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 I think that 
that while the name of the, the, the law has been bastardized for, you know, political effect and for, you know, just extremism, the baseline of it, I don't think that anybody really is going to argue with, with the fact that, you know what, you shouldn't be talking about these things to children. There is one thing you're you're overlooking, and we're about the same age, and um, definitely I remember the same thing growing up, and then in like for me it was seventh grade, it was horrifying, you know, we didn't <laughs> want to talk about it, but here it was. You're forgetting the fact though we didn't have the internet, and second graders are being told about sex if they happen to, and of course parents should make sure your second grader is not doing this, but you know how it is. Sometimes the internet is teaching fourth and fifth graders all kinds of stuff. And you, you do have to admit that's at least something to consider. I, I, I think I agree with you, but I also am open to the fact that like, think back when you were like, uh, you know, 11, 12, 13. And if you had the full range of internet porn available to you, I, I think that would make it harder to be a 13 year old. In my opinion, I think it would be a disaster. <laughs> for me, <laughs> well, it, it's like, but, but 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 we had Hustler and Playboy. Yeah, it's not we, the we, same we, though. It's, it's not the it's same. Like, it's we, not. We the had same. all. We had all the magazines. We had to work we, we, very it, hard to get those magazines, and it was difficult. And you had like one or two magazines, and you had to hide it away. It was a different thing. Now they just type in anything you can think of dot com, and there it is in HD. It's different. I don't think it's the same. Well, okay, so it's not the same. <laughs> it's really like it's not the it's not the same. I'll I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah. we're talking about the, this this law that was put in place. It's uh, it's what kindergarten through third grade. Well, I did not know it went that young. I thought it was third. Fourth, you, fifth, mean, no, but... it, we're, we're talking about kindergarten through third. Yeah, but, but, yeah but this is that's this young. is this that's is young. part of the, the the problem though, River. It's like. Yeah. We we were fed something so we can be outraged about something, hmm. as opposed to the actual fact of what it is being put out there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's K through third. Wow. I, I don't I don't think that they're like they're saying no, you can't talk about this in high school. I don't think they're saying that yeah, in, right, in, right, right, right. In, in any capacity. I, I think it's it's literally K through third, and it's like. What I'm, I'm more offended that they were actually allowed to talk about this in any capacity <laughs> from K through third, as opposed yeah. to them not being able to talk about it now. They, I, I don't know. I'm definitely more offended by one than the other. I'll say and, this. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, as a parent, I don't want any stranger. And that's what, you know, teachers are, frankly, they're strangers. I don't want any stranger teaching my third or fourth grader or especially first, whatever. I don't want any stranger teaching my kid about Sex. I mean, that's that's the job of the parent, right? So anybody who's out there, sure. if you're a parent, get on top of this because if you don't tell your kids about this stuff, the internet will, and uh, you you have to be on top of those things. But I, you know, it's that is true. I mean, the internet is a pervasive and wonderful and terrible thing that we did not have as early teenagers back in those days, and I think we're better off not having it you know i think we uh, had a better situation than 12 and 13 and 14 year old boys and girls do now it's got to be it's got to be a it's got to be psychologically uh devastating for some people it just has to be but what do we do about it you know what do we do i don't know i i don't know see yeah i'm not, i don't have kids and so whenever i talk on this subject i get all all the idiots that i know that do have kids be like well you don't understand you don't have kids you don't understand you don't understand it's like uh, you know yeah. what no, you know no. what 
Yeah. That's fine. It's, so it's difficult. But but I, I will say to all of them, if you're going to have the kid, raise the damn kid. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Otherwise, don't have the damn kid 100. if you're not going to raise the damn kid. That's right. Oh, I don't have time. You don't understand how it is. Turn off all your interwebs and all your devices. Yep. You got to make turn, time. Turn off. Oh, well, you don't understand that. That's how, how they babysit. It's like, you're just a shit fucking parent. <laughs> it's, it's like if, if the only thing you want to do is complain about how hard it is and, oh, yeah. I need them to. You're just a shit parent. I'm sorry. It's like I, I don't I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and try to ma- apologize for these people that are over. You had the damn kid. That's right. That's right. You had the damn kid. You have to do Raise the, stuff. the damn kid. That's right. You have to and do stop the stuff. looking around, blaming everybody else for you being a shit parent. Just raise the damn kid. I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. I, I am not in that camp that says, okay, Hells, you don't have kids. Therefore, you have no opinion that's going to be valid about kids. I don't think that at all. Sure, you don't have kids. You Maybe you don't have that experience, but you were a kid. And, I, well, and you remember some could that. Argue, some could argue that I still am a kid. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, probably, maybe. And you have people that you love. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I understand you don't have kids, so whatever. But yeah, that's that's. I'm not in that camp. I'm not in that camp. I have no. A, it's just, it's bizarre. It's like, they, but but I think it goes back to River overall. The the concept of personal responsibility when it comes to this is like everybody yeah. wants a scapegoat. Yeah. Everybody wants to blame something. So we're gonna blame the internet. Yeah. We're gonna blame the media. We're gonna mm-hmm. blame the politicians. Mm-hmm. We're gonna blame corporate America. We're gonna blame the cabal. We're gonna be like, <laughs> it's you know, it's like we're gonna blame yeah. all of these things. We're gonna blame Dave and Buster's. David, we will blame Dave and Buster's for sure. <laughs> But what we won't do is actually take a moment to look in the mirror and be like, yes, well, yes, what, yes. what role might I have in all this? What can I do? That's right. That's right. Self-reflection is a rarity. Um, all right. Listen, you know, listen, guys, thanks for listening to episode two. We, we're, we're both worked up. We're going to be back with episode three really soon. Thanks for checking it out and uh, subscribe. Uh, we love you guys. And um, let me know. Um, I'm just I'm just worked up, so whatever. Hell's in the hippie, episode two. <laughs> See you next time. What I meant to say was listen and subscribe on your podcast player of choice. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, and coming to more places weekly. All opinions you hear on any episode of this show only belong to Hell's Bells and the Great River. As always, friends out there, we both appreciate you listening. Hells and the hip. Sometimes I like rainbow multicolors. Sometimes I like gray.